Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy the episode. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, start us off, Raven. Five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Um, hey, everyone. This is Raven. Campbell. And you are listening to Boozicals, which is the fun little podcast we've made where we get drunk and review musicals, good or bad. Uh, this is what we like to do with our lives. Um, so today, once again, we have a surprise. Uh, we have a very special guest with us. Kira, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. I this love, is Kira Jarral. Um, <laughs> I adopted Campbell in high school. That's how we know each other. We we're both clarinet players together. And when he came in as a freshman, I was like, that bitch mine. No one else is allowed to nice. have him. So I'm very happy to be doing something musical with him because it's our origin story. It oh. is our origin story. And our friendship has blossomed ever since. Mm-hmm. Besides mm-hmm. like all of undergrad when we didn't like talk to each other. No. But, but as I- soon as you... As, immediately when you came back to Richmond. Yeah. We like got dinner. We had Mexican, um, of course. On yeah, brand. Plaza Azteca. Um, <laughs> and just like caught up for the past like four or five years mm-hmm. instantly became best friends again yeah it was so good so. i honestly think that's the best kind of friendship when you skip all the problematic years like we were both kind oh. of messes in college and we just skipped over that <laughs> like didn't have to deal with our problematic selves well like each like other everyone's a mess in college or else you didn't do college right truth honestly though so welcome <laughs> thank you i'm so welcome. happy to be here <laughs> And I'm excited okay. to talk about this particular musical because I'm very curious to know y'all's opinions. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, do you want to do a Campbell? Oh, I was going to say before we get into it, what music have y'all been listening to this recently? Oh my god, oh. I've been listening Kira, to a like lot to of Half Alive. I feel like they've mm-hmm. been coming up a lot. I'm still listening to AJ all the time. That's my that's my go to. Yeah. Days. But obviously, like that, the one that me Campbell have a collaborative playlist. Um, which all my shit, I've listened to all the shit you put on it. I have new shit on there that you need to listen to. Um, I'll do it this week. But weekend. the last time was straight fire. Like, I think I kept almost all the songs that you put on there. I crushed it. Yeah, you did. Raven, what have you been listening to? So this week, um, I fell back into country. Uh, I love country, which is very we awesome. We listened to some uh, Reba, Reba McIntyre. I did not. I listened to Carrie Underwood. I mean, Ruben McIntyre is amazing. Everyone should and agree on that. You should, 
Did you listen to Dixie Chicks at all? No. It was mostly Carrie Underwood. Oh. And I only know that, crime. like, If You Cheat song. Like, I know oh, her as a person because I remember, like, her on American Idol and she was adorable. But, like, yeah. <laughs> that's the only song I know from her adult life is the If You Cheat, I'll Burn Your Car or whatever song. No, no, he did cheat and she did burn his car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I respect that energy. It, a wasn't, lot. it wasn't a threat, it was a promise. <laughs> that was fulfilled. And that's the country life. <laughs> um, but no, she has this song called Choctaw County Affair. Mm-hmm. And basically, the premise of it is that, like, her and another not her her but like her in the song mm-hmm. um and another dude like murdered this woman <laughs> um who was like yeah. blackmailing them or whatever <laughs> and the song is about like basically like them like being like kind of suspected and like going to like going to court and like all that stuff and, i like, love a full narrative honestly it's <laughs> honestly and it's, it's one of my favorite songs by her because when you listen to it it's so funny like she's so casual the fact that like yeah and then we killed her like there's like there's basically there's a part um there's a point in the uh in the song where she says um she says like oh like she blackmailed us and blah 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 and like this dude has a temper like a buckshot grizzly bear and she said but there's no body and there's no witness so mind your business (laughs) (laughs) like okay Nice. Yeah, nice. it's really good. What about you, Campbell? Um, so I gave a second and third listen to to Lady Gaga's newest album. And nice. then I started going back to listen to like older Lady Gaga. Yes, let's talk but about it. But also the band, the wonderful band, Bear and the Lady. Um, y'all both know my friend Connie. Yep. And her partner, that band, came out with new music. Oh, so I've been yeah. listening to them as well. And it's pretty good. Nice. I recommend Baron Lady can be found on Spotify. Wow. What a true friend who'll plug, who'll plug music for you. We're doing our first wow. shout outs. It's great. Friendship goals. No, not sponsored. I'm pretty sure we not always sponsored, do. Not sponsored, but we love them. We, we, we've done shout outs to Queen Latifah. Oh, okay. Oh, because she deserves all of them. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to get into it? Yeah, let's shout get into out. it. Okay, so our musical for this week um, was Kira's Pick, and that was the producer's. Um, so this is the specifically the 2005 film yeah. starring Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. Um, so for this week, we will be drinking a classic daiquiri, uh, which is rum, light rum, lime juice, and simple syrup. So pretty good, actually. <laughs> and honestly, now that I'm thinking about it more... I feel like this drink goes more with the film than I originally thought because originally, like you said, I was just like, oh, like nineteen, like nineteen fifties New York, like classic daiquiri, whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, like the daiquiri is so like simple and like it's not trying to hide anything. It's not like nuanced, which is very much like this film. Like there's not hidden messages. There's not yeah. nuances. It's very much just like good, happy, fun time. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and so this uh, musical, yeah, this is the two thousand five film. That's based off of the stage musical um, in about 1988, 1999, um, which is based off Mel Brooks's original film in 1968. Yeah, which was so Gene uh, Wilder's first movie. Yeah. Well, first and, like, I think this movie. Yeah. Wasn't this also Mel Brooks's? Yes, um, first film. Yeah. Debut, first film. Yeah. yeah. So it's a satirical dark comedy. Which I've never um, seen the OG. I've never seen, I've never seen I it. I haven't either. 
This but is the first time I've ever seeing it, like, ever in any version. That Campbell's too, which is why I'm more curious to know y'all's opinion, because I, like, grew up yeah. on this 2005 version, so it does hold a nostalgic factor for me, which definitely influences how much I like it. Like, I can't be super objective, because it's part yeah. of my childhood. Yeah. I will say... And so, this is a film adaptation of a musical adaptation of a film. Yes. <laughs> Which is very Mel Brooks. <laughs> very Mel Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, what was funny, well, I guess I mentioned this before we started recording, but, like, the original movie was, like, not a hit at all, but it became, like, a cult classic, and it ended mm-hmm. up winning an Academy Award for Best Screenplay, which makes sense, because Mel Brooks is just fucking original, like, oh, yeah. like, like if so much <laughs> To a fault. <laughs> to a fault. Um, but then, and then, like, the the... Broadway version of it, like, won the most Tonys that have ever been won. It's oh, it yeah. won 12 like Tonys. Yeah. So, like, clearly giant success. But then the 2005 movie apparently totally bombed, like, mm-hmm. at the box office, and, like, doesn't have great reviews. And that was, I didn't know that before, but it's upsetting to me, because I really like it. But like I said, I guess we'll get into what you guys think and see if I get yeah. a different perspective on why that is. Yeah. And then also, um, yeah, starring Nathan Lane and, um, I will you mean, repeatedly... You mean, you mean Simba and Timon that was what you wrote that in my You notes. stole that from me. <laughs> I was about to finish that sentence, mm. and it's fine. So, uh, throughout, it's going to be really hard for me to say Leo mm-hmm. or Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. I will be saying Ferris. Ferris! Okay. Because Ferris Bueller... Is your Stay favorite off, movie, is, we all Is know. my favorite I mean, movie. It's so crazy Tied with how... Kill Bill... Oh, Kill Bill's amazing. Who all, Uma With Thurman. Uma Thurman. Also. Yeah. So I was like, when I like saw the cast before I like watched it, I was like sold. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently they didn't like, I don't think they met each other when they were doing Lion King. So this was yeah, kind of their so first either. actual interaction with each other. Yeah. Especially singing because Matthew Broderick wasn't the singing voice for Simba. Yeah. Oh, no. Which surprised me watching this movie because he can sing. So yeah. it's like, why not? I get it's not the type of singing they wanted, though. Yeah. Which I think, and, like, uh, again, I guess we can kind of, like, use this to kind of, like, really get into it, but I think one of the things I did like about this music, or at least I found it interesting, was that, at least of the ones we've done so far for this show, it feels the most, like, classic musical. You know what I mean? Like, of the ones that we've seen so far. Um, Like, it was very, very showbiz, very, like, flashy, very, like musical like classic musical and i actually kind of like yeah. really like that mm-hmm. especially when feel. we get into like the overture when we see 1950s new york times square broadway and then we get into the song opening night which was hilarious okay. yes. this, my favorite thing about mel brooks is the subversion of expectations like he does it so fucking yes. well because the mm-hmm. music is all setting you up to be like, okay, like, opening number. And then they're like, this play was shit. Boom. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, all right, I, I, do, love, I love it. I do love how uh, the two girls that are introducing it, like, when the crowd comes out, they just straight a bull right over them. Yeah. <laughs> like, not flat to the ground. I love and, I mean, I love everything about the opening scene, honestly. Yeah. And then the, the lyric that, like, really stood out to me, I thought was so funny. Because uh, the... The musical that bombed mm-hmm. was, was it called Funny Boy? Funny Boy. It was Funny Boy. Funny yeah. Boy, which is a musical adaptation of Hamlet. Yeah. Which is also funny, because <laughs> uh, The Lion King was a musical adaptation of Hamlet. Oh, yep. I didn't but make with that am- connection. Animals. Oh, that's um, interesting. So, it, 
They said uh, he did uh, to Shakespeare what Booth did to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and assassinated someone in the theater. And <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> oh, yeah, spoilers to the 1860s. Yeah. Um, Lincoln... <laughs> Our president has been <laughs> He is affected. But exactly like you said, uh, Raven, um, the music is so like, you know, Broadway, there's no business like show business. And it's all very cheerful. But mm-hmm. they're like so cheerful. There's like, yes, this is shit. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's such, it's such a perfect start of tone. For oh, like, yeah. Again, because I feel like Mel Brooks is very good at just being like, this is what this is. Like, don't expect anything more than just like a fun yeah. satirical like romp. Like, that's it what really, it is. <laughs> it really sets the stage for like, hey, this movie is not meant to be taken seriously, so don't try. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't try. Yeah, because you know, there's always gonna be people who are just like, oh my, like they just read surface level about like, oh, this is about like Nazis and Hitler and whatever, and they're like, oh, I don't. That's how tone yeah. deaf of you, Mel Brooks. And it's like, no, it's he's a specific like vehicle for him to make fun of Hitler as a Jewish person. Yeah. Like, trying to... I, th- I read a quote, something about, like, it was his way to get, like, vengeance through comedy, which I thought was an amazing combination of words. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. sick. <laughs> like, yeah. vengeance through comedy. Death by chocolate. Yeah. Well, there was a thing... Well, in <laughs> Germany, Nazi Germany, there was a thing, like, strength through joy was, like, a mm-hmm. catchphrase. So I don't know if mm-hmm. he was playing off that or not, but I just love Mel Brooks. Man can't do wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So Funny Boy bombed. Yeah. And then we go, we see um, Leo at the producer's... Max um, Bialystok. Yeah. Yes. At uh, his office, um, because he's an accountant, and he has to, like, go over the books from the show. Yeah. And the the movie is worth watching, if only for Matthew Broderick's face. Like, even if nothing else was good. Like, Uh. literally, the opening scene, he's got that, like, frantic, bug-eyed, like... (laughs) scared out of his mind expression i could just watch his face all day i adore him yeah i really loved uh matthew broderick and nathan lane together in this movie especially because like especially matthew broderick his acting was so perfectly over the top for everything and it was amazing yeah Uh, yeah, a couple of the the critiques i saw of this movie when i was looking into it was like they were way too like hammy like way too over exaggerated way too over the top which works obviously on the stage because like that's what you have to do but they were like, yeah. they should have, like, toned it down for the film. And I totally disagree. I love how over the top it is. Like, I think that's oh, yeah. the point. Like, I'm I'm here for that. Serve me up some ham. I'm here. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a great opening scene. Like, again, perfectly introduces the foils of, like, Max and Leo. Of, like, mm-hmm. in this opening scene where he just loses his mind. <laughs> Completely loses his mind. Yeah. Um, so then we, yeah, get introduced to Max Bialystok. Um, complete failure. Um, and then there's like a knock on the door and I love this bit like throughout the movie, um, that he hides Leo in the bathroom and then there's this elderly woman who comes out and we find out a lot of the backing, um, for his shows comes from him basically sleeping with old widowed women. Hilarious. Genius. Genius. So the character's name is Hold Me, Touch Me. Hold Me, Touch Me. Which is so funny. And then he's just trying to get a uh, check from her. And she was like, let's play a game. And the games they suggest are, and I follow, (laughs) Debutante and Bricklayer. Hot. Rabbi and Contortionist. Keeps you limber. 
And then virgin milkmaid and well-hung stable boy. <laughs> Which is I the one that they end up going with. Yeah. Love the stable, yeah. Well-hung stable boy. She was so funny. All the... Because there's like three noted of the elderly women. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Hold Me, Touch Me, um, which is Eileen Essel. Um, Lick Me, Bite Me, which is <laughs> Deborah Monk. Mm-hmm. And then we have oh. Kiss Me, Feel Me, which mm-hmm. is Andrea Martin. And I love Andrea Martin. If you are familiar with her, she was, um, she was in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, she was in the show Great News, I think was like co-created by Tina Fey. Um, she was Mrs. Ms. Fowl in Jimmy Neutron. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, of course, like, none of the other ones ring a bell for me, and you're like, but Jimmy Neutron. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't, get to, I, didn't get, I didn't get to the cartoons yet. She yeah. was uh, Ms. Flegmanikoff from Anastasia. Oh, okay. Who Raven still thinks is evil, even though oh, she, she is evil. Like, I hold she that. gave Anastasia a home and a job when she left. Anyway, she was also Aunt Miriam in Rugrats. Miriam in Rugrats? I don't aunt Miriam, one of the like great aunts, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I mean, so anyway, she's for great. Sure she's right one now. of like the main like front stage um, sugar mamas. Mm. And I think, um, I think, and this is maybe wrong. I think all the older ladies are the showgirls, but like aged up. Besides those three. Besides those three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we meet her, like you said. We realize that all of his funding comes from little from him. What do they call it? Stupid? Stupid little old ladies. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. Which, honestly, for for the words of, like, sex, I'm not mad at that one. Oh, no. It's, it's very pretty great. It's pretty it's classic. Very New they're, York. they're all getting something out of it that they want. It's all consensual. So, yeah. go for yeah. it. Which we'll come to when we get to this part of the plot. But, like, I'll, well, I'll save it for then. So, basically, mm-hmm. obviously, he, he pleasures her enough that she gives him a check for the for the name of his play, which is Cash. Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when I was, again, when I was researching, this was, like, a real person that Mel Brooks, like, built off of Max Vial. Like, he worked for a producer that did this. And, like, the, the exact same thing. Oh, like, wow. would tell yeah. the old ladies that his play was Cash. And, like, that that happened. I mean, like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you're willing to defraud people. Um, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of fraud. Big fan. Um... But he satisfies her enough to leave, and Leo starts doing the books and ponders, you know, oh, well, you can make more money with a flop than with a hit. And thus Which the, is... our story begins. <laughs> Which I, I love that so much because, like, Leo's just so innocent, just like, oh, like, this was just, like, an academic, you know, f- like, this was just, like, a, an exploration. Like, it was just a thought, like, you're actually going to do this? Like, yeah. He's like, this is just, like, my accounting theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, Raven, that you bring that up. That's one of my favorite lines in the whole thing where he goes, let's assume that you were a dishonest man. And Max He's like, yes, like, let's assume. assume away. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. But yeah, so he, he basically postulates, you know, like, well, if you, which I tried to research, like, if this was real, like, if you could do this. And I Google didn't really give me a straightforward answer. But essentially, like, if you raise, like, $2 million from stooping little old ladies... But then put on like a hundred thousand dollar show that flops, you just keep the rest without anyone investigating you, which is is the premise. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. 
Yeah. I don't. I don't think you could do it. I don't know if you could do it in today's time because, like, I feel like nowadays, like, everyone knows the budget. Like, I feel like the the budget for a lot of like films, like even ones that were bad, like, is yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, so then we get into um, the next song of the film, which is "We Can Do It." Yeah. Um. Which I really like. Was this like... before or after Leo's complete mental breakdown? Oh, his, yeah. It's, yeah, his this. mental breakdown happens first. It's like when he first walks okay. into the room. Like, okay, yeah, and he's like screaming and... Yeah. Oh. I forget we do what find out he does want to... What's his he trigger? Was like, like, he brings out his little blue blankie, which calms him for his anxiety. Yeah, very and Linus of Max him. Max just takes it away. He's like, what is this, a handkerchief? And he's like, oh, this it's a compulsion. I can deal with it any time. But then Max doesn't give then, it back, and he's like, "Get back to me!" <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Please don't jump on me! Please don't jump on me! I'm hysterical! I'm hysterical!" Yeah. And then he throws wa- glass water in his face, and like in every I'm movie wet. and TV show, I'm it's supposed to I'm work. Wet. I'm wet! I'm wet! I'm wet! Slaps him across the face. I'll wake him out of it. Yeah. I'm in pain. I'm wet. I'm still hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very like lemon grab from mm-hmm. Adventure Time. It was like like I un- totally get that energy. <laughs> Yes. That's yeah. literally, it's funny that you say that, Campbell, because that is actually the oh, exact you. image I had in my head um, when he was just like, I can't work in these conditions. Oh, yeah. I, and I love how Max gets him back from the brink, which is to like do that, like, who's my good little gun? Who's my good <laughs> who's little gun? <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> him and his cardboard belt. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Where are the cardboard I mean, we got Nathan Lane. It's just, a, I mean... So my only exposure to Nathan Lane before this movie in my youth, I think, was we watched Birdcage, which when you haven't seen it, Uh you should watch it. It's Robin Williams and him playing a gay couple. It's an amazing film. Um, But again, everything I've seen Nathan Lane in, he fucking steals the show. Like, he just just destroys. So, like, the fact that Matthew Broderick is able to keep up with him, like, to not just totally shift the focus onto Nathan Lane is pretty incredible to me. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, like Campbell said, they our our first musical number is is, is pretty fun. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and then we get into yeah, like after backtracking, mm-hmm. um, we're at the song "We Can Do It," which is very march march like. It's uplifting, very show tuny, scammy. <laughs> and honestly, I love a duet, like any kind of oh. duet. I'm here for it, especially when the yeah. tempos are different. So, like, I think I it might be the third verse where they start doing, like, doing the cab and they start having the different tempo and yeah. different melody. That's my shit. I, I always yeah. love that. And I think um, it's so cool when, like, you can pull it off and, like, like both parts are still comprehensible. Like, you still mm-hmm. know what's going on, what the people are saying. Right. Yeah. But I also kind of love that with this movie, like, you don't have to hear every word to, like, understand the plot. Like, yeah, a strength of this movie yeah. is like the dialogue in between, not necessarily the songs and the music. So like, yes, it's a bonus, like when it's a bop and you enjoy it. But like, it's not you don't have to like focus necessary. your full attention on the lyrics to like understand yeah. where the plot is going. Yeah. Yeah. And so in this song, um, Nathan Lane is like, we can do it. We can do it. I believe in us. And to then do scam. Uh, <laughs> to do our scam. And Leo's like, you know what? I can't do it. <laughs> I'm a loser. I suck. I'm a loser. And I was just like, I'm a coward. You see Rio, I see jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a classic, uh, like, optimist v. pessimist song. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, it, and, we'll, and we'll come back to it because there's a song in between, like, the reprise. Um, yeah. But again, it's just very good buildup. Like, everything with this movie has a very good setup, which makes sense because Mel Brooks is at his core a comedian. 
And that's, mm-hmm. like, basic, like, joke structure. Yeah. Because it's, again, a, a great setup to just be like, here's two perspectives that are at war with each other. Like, this is our rising action of our story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then um, we get, after, like, Leo's just like, I can't do this. I'm going to work because this is not a thing that I'm capable of doing. Um, he goes to work, um, <laughs> and which he's an accountant. Um, and then we see, I want to be But he's producer. only a PA. He is he's only a PA, not a, a CPA. Uh, yeah, he's not a certified public assistant. <laughs> accountant. Um, his boss, Mr. Marks? Max? Marks? I think it's I Marks. have no idea what the character's name is, but... Mr. Marks, yeah. played by John, John Lewis. Lewis. Um, who, like, I don't know, he's in everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> SNL, age- A League of Their Own, Modern Family, Wedding Singer, Bench Warmers. His, his agent gets him shit. Like, his agent yeah. is yes. good. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Uh, yeah, so, where are we now? Yeah, so it's like, you're just a public accountant. I'm a certified public accountant. And there's a lot of, like, droning and, like, everyone, like, on their, like, calculators and typing are just singing, like, very unhappy. Um, And it's very, like, kind of, like, imperial march, heavy Mm. brass. Yeah. Like, low bass instruments with that. And then it goes kind of to the, like, light woodwinds and, like, some lighter, like, strings, like, plucking um, for like during the oh, like, conversation like, and stuff. Oh, part? Yeah. Where he's yeah. like, I wanna be a producer. That one. Yeah, so like there's a clear shift from like all the like minor and like sinister music. Mm-hmm. And again, we to... come back to Mel Brooks' lyricism, where it literally that whole song, <laughs> song is unhappy, unhappy, very, 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 very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about, Kira. Those are that, expresses that is your the feelings best lyrics. Like, you know what? The message gets across, and is that not what lyrics are supposed to you do? You know what? Respect. Yeah. You're right. I take it back. You add all the variants you want, Mel Brooks. I, I think this is my favorite song in this movie. What? Oh wait, like the whole thing, or just the unhappy part? The whole thing. Okay, that's fair. It is not mine. I will talk about it when we get there because it's also yeah. maybe the worst song. Worst in terms of like, not in terms of performance. Like the performance is amazing. Oh, but, it's the good oh I know exactly. What... <laughs> it is. We'll talk when we get there. It's not that one. <laughs> Spoilers. We're trying to go in sequence in a correct narrative and I respect that. Um, yeah. But again, like with the whole like um, subversion of expectations, mm-hmm. uh, which is fantastic phrase, by the way. Um, the when he's like going down like doing the I want to be a producer and he's going down like the row like filing cabinets all this stuff and like all the showgirls are popping out and he gets to the very last one and it's just this like clunk I, I don't know how to describe her but just like I guess clunky redhead mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I was just like that is amazing and I love that okay. and that is I, I laughed super so hard curious when she about came that, out Raven, because when I watched it back recently I was like did this joke age well? That, like, yeah. basically the joke is that this is, like, an quote-unquote ugly, like, undesirable showgirl. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I know a lot of people who would be like, A, that's not funny. B, it's offensive. But, but like, you like, said, you, like, enjoyed that. I feel like, well, I also, like, really like 
terrible offensive humor, um, <laughs> which is, is kind of my whole shtick in life, which is, I think, one of the reasons I really like this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But that's actually something I, I put into my notes somewhere is a lot of this movie is terribly offensive and really plays on a lot of like stereotypes and stuff like that mm-hmm. um because again it's like satirical like musical comedy and like all that um and so I, I feel like the fact that it's offensive is the reason it's supposed to be funny mm-hmm. you know what i mean right yeah. i will say about that particular uh chorus girl though like when she came out and stuff it was more so her like demeanor Mm-hmm. Yes. Because everyone else is just like dancing all exactly the same. And then it's just complete opposite of that. <laughs> not necessarily, not talking about like looks or anything like that. Right. But she's she, just like, she here has, I am. She actually gets a personality versus all the other showgirls who do not. Exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. thought that personality was funny. She was just like, Surprise. Oh, that's, that's the part I would want to play <laughs> in, the, in the show. Like, oh, I don't yeah. want yeah. any it seemed lines. Like it would be... I just want to be able to steal this one scene and then like get off and be done. <laughs> yeah. It, I had a genuine laugh from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I was interested to see if you guys would like think that was funny or not. Yeah, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, um, okay. And then we go into his whole fantasy with like the big like, and again, like this is where we get into like very classic, like showy musical sequence um, where it's like flashy and there's all these lights and then it's huge stage and it's this huge like choreographed production. And then we come back and he's still just in the accountant office. And I loved in the fantasy, though, the tap dancing. Yes. And the like staccato pizzicato music. Mm-hmm. I just like, you know, emphasized each other. And yeah. it's meant to like mimic the 1950s like shows, you know, where like the fit, like it's not like there's extensive choreography with the camera. It literally yeah. is just like camera is centered on the performer doing their shit. Because it's yeah. supposed to be so impressive that they don't need anything else. Like, you don't need any flashing lights, pyrotechnics, different choreography, yeah. filters, black and white, whatever. Like, you're like, oh, this person is highly skilled and beautiful. And <laughs> that was supposed yeah. to be enough. <laughs> and that is the focus. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, like, a lot of the scenes, I just kept on thinking of the different scenes from, like, singing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God bless Gene Kelly. That, he can fuck me up any day. nice (laughs) and that's a quote thank you for joining us that's my legacy on this show I did think it was funny though like when they're like after the tap dancing and stuff and Matthew Broderick is like at one point like I supposedly like spanking the chorus girls he's not spanking them he's just punching them in the ass no he was pinching he was pinching their cheeks oh he was pinching okay it was ambiguous and it was i thought it was funny i was like i will say he, by the movement of his hand, I can see that. yeah leo is not um experienced no he he's just no. like his fantasy there's like this is what his fancy would be would be that yeah and i think that's funny yeah i love there's a line in one of the songs where he's like a, a girl in nothing but pure and pearl she would just make me super nervous and anxious like i don't know how to handle a woman like that <laughs> And I'm like, that is so pure. Like, there's no man who exists like that. I swear to God. No man that is as pure as the driven snow as Leo Bloom. Which we'll come to <laughs> later on when he, we talk about his little romance with Uma Thurman. But, um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is just... Again, a lot of what, what makes this movie a joy to watch is because the actors are all clearly in love with these characters, in love with the story, having a great time together. 
Yeah. Like, that goes a long way for me as a viewer. Which, yeah. like, also, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane also starred in the musical production um, that this is the film adaptation of. So, I mean, like, they have experience, like, playing these characters, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, they... Um, yeah. And, and I do think that definitely helped in this. I, I think the way that they played them and how well they did, um, I don't think it's something you could have just gone into. Like, I think they had to have experience with them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that it is a big part of their chemistry that obviously they've they've been living as these characters and been been doing this show a billion times. Yeah. But I think one yeah. of the critiques I saw was like that they they pause where like there would be an like an audience laugh in the theater version. But again, mm-hmm. like that doesn't bother me because I I do still laugh where the laugh <laughs> is supposed to be. So like yeah. it doesn't seem like a pause to me, but I guess if if any of those jokes fall flat, then it is like a very extended period it's really of pause. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I even noticed that. I think I just assumed it was intentional. I mean, because I think what Mel Brooks said was like, cause, because the Broadway show was like everything he wanted this story to be, he was like, mm-hmm. I really just want to immortalize the Broadway version in film. So I think for the most part, they that that's what it is, which is like a bigger budget. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so then uh, now... He quits. He yeah. He quits his job as a public accountant. Yeah. Um, Not and... a certified public <laughs> asshole. Such a great ending line. Burn. Burn. Which is like, which is like okay, also, Leo. Okay, you you do have. Everyone a spot. else can mm-hmm. see the chorus girls at this point. Yes. Right. Yeah. John Voight or not John Voight. <laughs> not John Voight. Um. What's his name? John Lovitz. John Lovitz being like. Hmm? Where did you come from? Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end when like his cigar is like smushed or whatever. And then there's like the non-typical chorus girl. is just like. (laughs) Yeah. She's all about There. Um, Again, Campbell. Podcast or an audio medium. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a winner number. You get to see him. Like, and also it's interesting too that like his character changes so early in the story. Like, mm-hmm. usually yeah. you have to wait for them to go through so many different things before they're like, oh, I do want to leave this job. Oh, I do want to, like, try a different path, whatever. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. what we experience as, like, 20-somethings, whatever. Like, we usually aren't just, like, a day decision to be like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and try something completely different and put my faith in this, I would like, have man. a panic attack <laughs> doing that. Exactly. So And I do like, this song was really... Uh, but it, it does show even more what his character is because we see like he's a loser he's a coward and like he has a lot of dreams and stuff but it's still the same character because he was like i want to be this because it's everything i'm not yeah right right yeah so i i mean i kind of again i'm not a super fan of the slow burn so i kind of love that they're like one musical number and we're moving on like he's, go. he's on board and we're keeping going yeah, yeah. With, like, like they almost have put wall staying true to his character that they've set up already of, like, this was already my dream. I just needed a push to, like, get me going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then he goes back to uh, Max. and Who has been like, praying all day long. The whole time. The, the whole, whole time. time. Work. <laughs> it's dark outside, and he's still in the same spot in yes. the morning or during the day. Um, and he tells him, like, oh, yeah, like, I want to do it. Let's do this. I'm all in. Um, and then we get into the reprise of We Can Do It, where they kind of, um, it's kind of a mashup of We Can Do It and I Want to Be a Producer for a couple of lines, mm-hmm. um, which which I really like. Um, and we see them just dancing and playing in the fountain. 
mm-hmm. uh, like Which, any respectable honestly, again, grown men. Like fantasy fulfillment. <laughs> like both of those songs back to back are fantasy fulfillment for both of them. Because mm-hmm. yeah. for for Leo, it's like obviously like I'm gonna do my new my dream that I've had that I've hit stayed hidden. For Max, it's like, I'm going to get rich really quickly. Yes. <laughs> and so they put that in, like, Dancing in the Fountain, which is like a rom-com fantasy fulfillment. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. There's a lot of rom-com elements between these two men. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and then we get there now back at Max's office, and they have to pick um, a play that's going to be yes. terrible, and it's going to be a flop. And I remember, so I, I literally wrote in my notes um, for this scene, like, lol, is the play actually going to end up being a hit? <laughs> and it did. So. Girl, you called it. I love that they put in the first line from Metamorphosis, though. That's the, like, Igor yeah. co- like woke up as a cockroach. That's Metamorphosis, mm-hmm. which is iconic as a play. Yeah, And, yeah. and they were like, this is like, terrible. They're like, eh, too good. Not <laughs> Not trash enough. Not terrible, yeah. But, I mean, um, that's one of my, again, Nathan Lane's stealing every scene where he's just like, we'll never find it, huh? We'll never find it! <laughs> <laughs> it and just, like, actually, like, going crazy. Like, <laughs> smell yeah. it, kiss it, kiss it, touch it. <laughs> and kiss it. He's like, no, I, like, actually kiss it. Yeah, actually kiss it. <laughs> uh, I mean, and then they again, find springtime for Hitler. every time I get excited, Hitler. because I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, Will Ferrell is coming. Like, <laughs> I love Will Ferrell so much in every role that he plays, and this just took the cake for me. Mm. Like, I, I waffle between my favorite Will Ferrell being this Will Ferrell, or Step Brothers Will Ferrell. I also add Stranger Than Fiction Will Ferrell. I also, Kicking and Screaming. Oh my god. Oh, Kicking and Screaming. You know, kicking. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> I have never... <laughs> That was like one of those movies that like Pizza Hut gave away, like as part of their shit. Like you could get it just like after That is disc. such a funny movie. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, but regardless, so every time they get to the play where they find Springtime for Hitler, I get so excited because I'm I know Will Ferrell is coming. Um, yeah. So they we go to we see Will Ferrell's character mm-hmm. on top of the roof feeding a bunch of pigeons, yeah. which is very like Hey Arnold. Pigeon Man mm, yes. meets the Nazi party. <laughs> <laughs> a natural mashup, one might say. Yeah. With his pigeon, uh, Hilda, voiced by Mel Brooks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, so this is this is one of my least favorite songs in the show, is the Gutentag Hot Glop. And because it, it's not a good song, like, technically, I think, but mm-hmm, yeah. it obviously is a song for, like, slapstick. Like, it invites itself to be physical humor. Very... Very which Three is, Stooges. Which is yeah. fine. It's not like, it's just not my favorite version of comedy, especially yeah. when you're being treated to Mel Brooks's dialogue, which is always pretty quick and witted. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not it's, my yeah, favorite. Yeah, slapstick and just straight up making fun of the German language. Exactly. Yeah, I was, I was literally song. saying, I was like, I have no idea what the German is in this scene, but I can only assume it would be offensive to any and all Germans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out that when he like going down the list, going down the line and naming all of his pigeons, mm-hmm. when he got to Adolf, the pigeon straight up signaled. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. As Raven said before, this is an audio medium, but I will share with them my reaction <laughs> from seeing that. So I was just like seeing. It, I was just like. <laughs> I mean, legit though. And so I you, just so wrote, you made yikes. You made the <laughs> Leo Bloom face, which is like 
like Matthew Broderick's face during this whole scene is it's just very horrified. <laughs> it's very Sarah Chalk as Elliot Reed horrified face. <laughs> Which is always funny to me yes. in any form. Because I and I love that that the producer, Ma, um, not Matt, um, Nathan Lane's character Max is the whole time is like, this is nothing. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, just go like, along. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. You, you know said. what? Just like I'll tell you when it's too much. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put Pledge on the, yourselves to uh, Adolf Hitler. It's Adolf fine. Elizabeth Hitler. I li- that was so fun. That was hilarious. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is one of those movies, like I said, that I, I'm pretty sure I could quote every single line. But, yeah. I mean, literally, he's like, many people don't know this, but Edo was descended from a long line of English queens. <laughs> I just, I, and I he just... can paint an entire apartment in one afternoon. Two coats. Two coats. Two coats. <laughs> I also, I, I love Will Ferrell in this role so much because Will Ferrell plays this type of just like insane character so well. And, and I, I love I seeing him in the, roles like the this. The overacting is the yeah. strength yeah. of this movie. Like I don't yeah. see yeah. that as a criticism at all. Yeah. Will very, Ferrell is very... the perfect over the top ham actor. Yes. Like drunk Ricky Bobby yeah. stabbing his leg. Oh my god, I uh, forgot about leg. Ricky Bobby. Fuck, there's just so much I love, I love Will Ferrell and Raven was right. It's, it's, he's good in so much. He's just great in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, I think like the overacting, I think it takes you off guard at first, mm-hmm. um, but then like a few minutes into the movie, like once you kind of get used, like after that first scene where Matthew Broderick has his mental breakdown, after that scene, <laughs> I think like you're kind of just used to it. That's true too. But I was curious to see again, like what people with fresh eyes would see it as, because again, we're so much in a era now where like things are very like dramatical, nuanced, like wanting to like send some kind of message. Yeah. And this is just so the opposite of that. Like, if it would hold up to other people's expectations of, like, what entertainment is now. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I'm still not mad at Will Ferrell doing the Gutentag Hop Club. Like. <laughs> it's, like, I would see it if, like, people watched it, like, now that haven't watched a lot of or not familiar with Mel Brooks and stuff. It mm-hmm. would be very much, like, in the first song. Mm-hmm. when talking about it's like the worst show on Broadway mm-hmm. it's we're still in shock mm-hmm. yeah I feel like that's how it would be received yeah you I can de- see like that. Raven said it, it's very much like you just have to let yourself be a part of this like ridiculous yeah. world yeah and, like let it just take you on the journey it's taking you like you can't mm-hmm. be analyzing every little thing and, or which we see from like the audience at these musical performances mm-hmm. in the movie yeah I yeah. feel like we, lo- we love a meta bitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, the, so, so they, yeah, they get the... him to sign the contract. Be- oh my God, we got to talk about the oath. So he has them do the Siegfried oath to mm-hmm. like, again, prove their loyalty to the Führer. And they Yikes. you have to like have your pointed finger, your pointed finger oh, up yeah, to do and the they're oath. Just like... And they switch it to the middle finger. <laughs> and then immediately he looks over, they switch back. <laughs> yeah, I love that bit. Great physical comedy. Yes. Yes. Again, which is, this whole sequence is about, like I said, because like Raven, again, Raven said, like, you cannot take this shit seriously. It's meant to be farcical to the highest degree, which yeah. is a great environment for doing physical comedy when just yeah. in case people aren't getting the language is not what you're trying for, like, laugh at some, like, dick jokes being, like, hitting the balls. Like, whatever. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that, especially Mel Brooks does well, because I think there's, there's a certain approach to this type of comedy where it's 
presented completely straight faced where it's like mm-hmm. the players and like people who kind of, who are like in on the jokes understand like yes this is a joke and this is satirical but like it's presented seriously which i think mm-hmm. is one way to do this but i think in this type of environment um with the amount which is like over the top showy um stereotypical like all that stuff that's playing off of i think you have to add in that element of like silliness right yeah yeah and he keeps that consistent. It's not like a one, like that is across. Yeah, the it never mill. falls like off. You, yeah, you gotta get you gotta get on board with that. It's like Mel Brooks's brand, and obviously this is his first film, so like people didn't know what to expect from him. But if you look at his later stuff, like Robin Hood Men in Tights and Blazing Saddles, like uh, that's clearly yes. his yeah. motif. Like this it, this is what who he is, and as a writer and as a producer. Um, but yeah, so they move on from that. Like I said, it's not my favorite scene. Obviously, we love Will Ferrell. The song is not the strongest. Physical comedy, whatever. But then we get to my shit, which is picking out the director. Oh, uh, yes. And we go to the abode of uh, Roger Debris. This Elizabeth. entire scene. Uh, Roger Elizabeth <laughs> Debris, which also, that's funny. That's, that's a good callback. That's, I, 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 that was a hearty laugh that came for me when I saw that scene. Not quite a thigh and, slapper, but getting there. <laughs> yeah. And then, like... Gary Beach as Roger Debris did a great, great job. He who, looked I mean, he was that fabulous. character on Broadway mm-hmm. and in the film. Yeah. I wonder if this is also the film that, like, kept the most players from the theater version. Because it, it is, like, almost surprised. all of them except for Uma and Will Ferrell. Yeah. Do you know he's also from Alexandria, Virginia? Oh, no! Know that. Home, oh. Homeboy! Homeboy. Homeboy. Also, Campbell. And then we... Um, Kira, I don't think you'll you'll get this reference since our first episode has not come out yet. But Campbell, I would like to point out that he does pronounce it Anastasia. So Yeah, but he's also a super pretentious guy. Yeah, and we've established <laughs> that. Which was our argument in the first episode. Whereas, like, you can, like, she was... Raven's like, I don't know if I should keep on saying Anastasia or Anastasia. Okay. And I was like, well, in the movie, they say Anastasia. So we're just going with the movie. Right. Okay, but I actually maintain. agree with Raven, but only because of my personal preference, where I think Anna, with that A sound, Should have is less ends. pleasing acoustically than Anna. I agree. And also, Anna has two ends. That's yeah. honestly one of my biggest <laughs> name pet peeves, is when people pronounce A-N-A as Anna, because it's Anna. just not. Yeah. But we can wow. move on. <laughs> yeah, so the original point of that from the first episode was uh raven admitted she also wanted to say uh anastasia um because she likes sounding more pretentious which she admitted so um, but i i mean that's who he's supposed to be dressed as in that scene yeah, isn't it the grand duchess anastasia yeah. yes yeah and, again, and then we also have but i think i look his... more like the chrysler building <laughs> <laughs> we also are introduced to the his uh live-in assistant which is funny um carmen um, yes. Played by Roger Bart, who's been in like a million things, yeah. but he was also Hercules' singing voice. Oh, I did not know that. I was so excited to read That's that. That's amazing. Because Go the you Distance mean it wasn't is my Michael favorite Bolton Disney song. The it's whole time. It was not. <laughs> but I will say, unfortunately, for Carmen, my God, again, a tiny bit part that like a good actor can just totally steal the show oh, i mean yeah. i mean it, he's incredible 
He's incredible, period, in the role. It wasn't live-in assistant. It was common law assistant. Yeah. My apologies. Which, yeah. which is just very on the nose. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, their interact like their little back and forth when he says, like, um, as far as I'm concerned, without your wig, you're only half dressed. And then Dupree is like, well, why But don't when you the go wig is on, it? it does look infinitely better. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. this is complete. Like it like it, it made the look. And again, I was curious to see your thoughts on this because like kind of as time has progressed, like this looks a little bit like, oh, you're stereotyping like stereotyping gays into like this very like um what's the word? Like I don't like pride persona, like over overzealous gay. Like super flamboyant. Yeah, yeah the flamboyant, that's what I was thinking like, of. Like flaming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, they don't. But again, this is not like it wasn't their job to present like diversity. I guess I, I you know, like it was less of a focus. But like, that they that they have any kind of diversity in this show, I give props. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there was some critique about how that that didn't age as well, especially with like the I one set see. designer who is a like butch woman. Um, oh, which I never saw... really thought was funny. I never really got the joke on that one. I, I mean, actually I got found it. that hilarious. Uh... <laughs> Just because of the juxtaposition with all of the, again, flaming men. And they yes. just have this, like, super, super butch woman. And it's just, I just, I just love the, the cut I... to it. I think as a ch- and again like I I was more informed I feel like than most youth but I I always thought it was a trans person that okay. they were like overdoing I just didn't really understand I didn't understand the joke I guess as a kid and I still That's fair. was like eh and like I mean obviously obviously I was not offended by this because also like Mel Brooks like satire is mm-hmm. not reality That's right. the point Yeah right. so right and like besides this is the song that I picked as my favorite song one because I think it's a bop but two, because it's an ensemble piece, and bitch loves yeah. an ensemble piece where, like, people are doing shit in the background that you yes. do not notice until, like, the third, fourth watch. Yeah. I always love that. And three, because it's a song where, like, it's a lot performance-based. Again, it's not like Mel Brooks's lyrics are insane, the music is insane. It's an opportunity for them to just ham it the fuck up and, like, get laughs, which is and my perform. shit. Yeah. And perform. Yeah. perform. And I'm here yeah, for so it. now we're at the song. They're trying to convince him, um, Roger, to be a part of the musical. And he was like, I don't know, World War II is too dark. Mm-hmm. Usually the musicals are the productions I like to be a part of are, and then Matthew Broderick is like, gay? And they're like, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then like Nathan Lane is like, you know what? You, you can. You can do whatever you want with it. Because obviously they're like, don't care what happens. Yeah. Right. Obviously. So then we get into the song, Keep It Gay. Oh, before we get to this, which, I do love the side bit where he's like, we love Funny Boy, which we sh- were shown in the beginning of the thing was like, everyone thought was yeah. terrible. Robert oh, yeah. and his assistant were like, oh, we love Funny Boy to be or not to be mean a lot to me. Shall stop. <laughs> like, you fucking queens. <laughs> I just love them so much. But we do. So you, again, subtly, like subtly you get the like, their taste is not good is what the, you know, it's, it's telling you. Yeah. Between yeah. the lines. But sorry, Campbell, go ahead, baby. I'm sorry I interrupted. I we all interrupt each other constantly. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> it's just how the podcast goes. Yeah. Uh yeah, so we like go to Keep It Gay and we see his production team, which uh so he has like the set designer Brian, costume designer Kevin, choreographer Scott, who's just erect. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> like, fully. <laughs> the entire song. Um, and then uh, they say last and least for lighting, Shirley. And then it's mm-hmm. the woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as his production team. And it, again, it's very... Who live with Each them? one is playing each stereotype of, you know, LGBTQ community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is... This movie is just... Uh, satirical view on all stereotypes of this time so yeah it makes sense yeah that's yeah because again at this time the only well when he f- wrote the first film which is like what everything after has ba- was based on like it definitely was like the gays who were out of the closet were flamboyant gays because like if you were out you were fucking like this is who i am pride 100 yeah. percent. like there weren't a lot of facets of the gay community is my understanding um in terms of like now we have so many like words for like bears twinks like there's so many different subcategories mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like wasn't as much of a thing yeah at least not to especially the general on public, broadway yeah. you were just like a theater gay <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it was it was a thing yeah yeah um but yeah like i said this is to me a total bop i love every time it comes on i love being the different personas like i'm here for it keep it gay keep it gay and again like very much mel brooks's viewpoint with this movie and with his work which is like I don't do drama. I don't do subtext. I don't do any of that shit. Like, I'm here to have a good time. Have you have a good time. Laughs, humor, funny shit. Like, that's who I am. Which, yeah. I, again, I'm so here for. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm good for, like, a complex story now and then. Like, that's I'm not against it. But I feel like more and more we just want, like, simple entertainment that just makes us happy. Which is why sitcoms were born. Like, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah. And I, I really like that about a lot of his work is that he brings what would normally be subtext to the forefront. Like he's just like, no, mm-hmm. there is no, this is not nuance. This is not right. an innuendo. I'm saying it straight up. Like, yeah. 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 Fuck that. Like reading in between the lines. Shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> we like we all we're all adults like, here. He's we all like, know what's going I will on. read for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I will read you for filth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, okay, yeah. So then um, they get back to the office and we meet Uma Thurman's character who... Oh, okay. We, we kind of skipped over. He, for, he agrees to do it. Oh, yes. He yes, agrees, yes, to, yes. agrees to do it. And then we have the YMCA people conga line kind of thing. Okay. He's straight up harassing I sure. Leo. I, I was pretty sure, but I wasn't 100% sure. Um, uh, yeah. Then we hear Roger Elizabeth Debris. Um, They're then, losing yeah. the war? I don't think so. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. Yeah. and that's kind of important for history yeah not not a not that long ago from the time period <laughs> the time. like less than a decade yeah um so yeah we have uba Thur- thurman's character who uh just like her entrance and i say this about any role she's in just the air she gives off mm-hmm. in anything is stunning yes i truly love her Oh my god, and this, this comes into a number later, but she eventually wears this blue dress that just, like, fucking floors me every time. Mm-hmm. When it's all white, the office ends up being all white. And she's wearing this blue dress, and it's just stunning. She's just a showstopper of a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I Kim said, if you if her. you know her from her previous roles, it, it just takes a great actress to, like, disengage totally from what you already had a preconceived notion of. And completely Because I definitely, up. like... Grew up with Especially her from Bill. her other roles, like mm-hmm. the things that she had to go through and the yeah. horrible like abuse and harassment in her previous mm-hmm. roles yeah. that she continued to like work on the roles. We think you're weird because she Tarantino. thought it, 
because she thought she was like, this is important what I'm doing. Yeah. I know what I'm good at. It's obviously wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she is just such a powerhouse in every single way. Mm hmm. That I, she, like I, said, I totally lose Uma Thurman in this role, and I only see Ula. I only see it. Yeah. Yeah. Ula, Inga, Hansen, Benson, Jansen, <laughs> Talon, Hallen, Svata, Swanson. <laughs> That's only her first name. They don't have enough time for the last name. <laughs> and again, like, I, again, I this love was, this character. This is something was... I was curious to ask you guys about, because again, it didn't age super well with me of like how sexualized they make her. How Max's all Max's dialogue is like, oh yeah, you can audition. Oh, I have a multiple positions for you. Like, yeah, some of the dialogue didn't. Well, I actually, hit me as well. I actually, and granted, at the time that it was made, I don't know if it was necessarily meant to be this or not, or if it is intentionally this. But like, I saw it as like a uh, a play on like there's such that stereotype, especially like both on Broadway and like Hollywood of like. If you are a like female performer, it yeah, like if you so are a female than, performer, this is yeah. what your life is going to be like. Like this is yeah. what you're going to experience, um, and this is just like this is the nature of what happens and what the culture is like. Um, and so I, I felt like it was very intentionally, again, like in a very Mel Brooks way, of just saying like, hey, this is it. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna make you reality. laugh at it, but this is it. Yeah. Yeah. But I also I thought it that. was like the character. So like, obviously, the stereotype is. Like, very beautiful woman, super naive, mm-hmm. um, kind of, like, taken advantage of. But, like, in this, uh, Ula is never, t- like, never really taken advantage of. Yeah. She's, she's very the aware. One, she is, you, know, it sees, you see how smart she is? Mm-hmm. She is never deceived yeah. by mm-hmm. what's going on. She knows the entire time that it's a sham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, she says later on, it's like, oh, did the police find the, not for the IRS, <laughs> the, the, the books? Yeah. She's fully aware of what's going on. She's... She was saying, like, her schedule, she, like, has a routine. She puts herself first. And she's, like, not ashamed of how she presents herself or who she is. Yeah. yeah. Like, 11 o'clock, this... I reserve for sex. Yeah. And they're, like, you can start at 11. It's a joke mm-hmm. to, like, you know, have this woman around for that time or whatever. But she's just, like, no, this is this is me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I might have said this before we started recording, but I mentioned to Campbell, like, this song weirdly struck me as, as so, like, sex positive in yeah. age where that wasn't a thing. Like, where she's very much like, fuck you, if I look good, I'm going to look it if I want to, I'm going to share my body if I want to, like, it's all centric around what she wants versus, like, the song obviously is parodied to be like, this is what the people want, so you should give it to them. Yeah. But, like, the kind of underlying tone is, like, you have to be confident in yourself to to do that and to want that for yourself. Yeah, and, and like, the I... title the song is literally what Nathan Lane catcalled yeah. at mm-hmm. her in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's yeah, one of the things I really like. she empowered herself from it. It's one of the things I really like about her character mm-hmm. and why I think it's not necessarily, like, to me, this thing does not necessarily age poorly because she is never, like, the victim at any point mm-hmm. um, no. in this. Like, she is very much like, yeah, like, I know that you guys are pigs and I know that this is how you're going to see me, but guess what? Like, this is also how I am choosing. Like, she was like, this is how I'm using this and using mm-hmm. um, the type of person you are to, like, get my name out there and be in a big stage production and do the things I want to do and jumpstart my career and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I also really appreciate, we see some character tropes like that, that then, like, so the woman's not, like, um, not being taken advantage of. She's in control, but, like, the complete 180 is that she's the controller 
like abuser yeah. kind of situation that we do see in entertainment, but mm-hmm. she's not that either. No. Mm-hmm. She's like a uh, great because when she's like trying to come on to Leo, she doesn't like she like flirts with him and stuff like that and she when she but she doesn't like force I mean it. to be yeah. fair, she does pull that manipulative girl, girl shit which we all do, <laughs> which is like you don't like Ula Ula like bloom. <laughs> which like I applaud a bitch because yeah, manipulate your men. Like, I'm here for you. But like, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but it's like, I don't know. I think especially in like they're talking about like you know Broadway, like entertainment, acting, mm-hmm. theater, Hollywood. It's very much the implicit and power differential differentials, mm-hmm. um, and those kinds of pressures um, that like you know do manipulate people to do what they want you to do but with right. her character it's not that at all she was like uh she's flaunting what she's got mm-hmm. to get what she wants and right. is not like she's not being, being coerced ta- into it like she yeah not being coerced to it yeah yeah she's making a choice but at the same time she's not doing that to other people which oh, i yeah. appreciated with the character yeah also can't Remember, buy, we'll just, agree like, producers that. podcast oh yeah oh no cheers <laughs> cheers uh cheers. drink number three Yes. Drink number three. Um, we have definitely stopped measuring, mm. and I doubled, maybe even tripled my rum amount, so this can be fun. Um, oh, I'm, ve- I'm very generous. Like I said, I don't measure shit. Oh. I pour and I count. That's rummy. Yum, <laughs> yeah, yum. no, Kira, we... Okay. So we're at the song, when you got it, flaunt it. She mm-hmm. like, she's like, I'll sing for you now. I'll audition for you now. She presses one note on the piano, and then it starts, it playing, starts playing, which I thought was And even their funny. faces were just like, wait, what? <laughs> Wonderful singing, but I think one of the things that's so funny about this uh, part, she was like, Ula will now dance. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, barely dancing. <laughs> she's literally just like shaking <laughs> her butt a little bit. <laughs> but I love the introduction of like, and then when she gets like towards the end of the song, she's like, Ula will now belt. And then just starts like killing it. And oh, it's just I'm like, so glad <laughs> you mentioned that, Raven, because literally in that scene, she's like upside down on the table and she just smashes it. And I'm like, you know what, Uma? You, again, I already thought you're perfection, but you just like keep exceeding my expectations. Like this, like when when it became clear that she was like going to sing, like all of which, like the second I saw her, was like obviously you're going to sing at some point in the movie. She but... also crushes the dance scenes. Yes, like she just one hundred percent. Obviously, like Campbell said in this song, she just does little like shimmies and shakes, but like later on, she does full on routines and, and uh, flips, splits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and at every point, I'm just like, okay, Uma, like chill. We get it. You're amazing. Like. <laughs> Yeah, like, leave some talent for the rest of us, please, please, and thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All of the men in this film. But also what I loved was that she was amazing and, like, truly, truly killed that audition. Because I Mm -hmm. really thought with, like, the way they introduced her character and, like, the obvious side of, like, sort of, like, satirical type of character she was supposed to be and the fact that they're trying to produce a terrible play... I thought that it was going to be one of those things where, like, oh, she comes in, she's so untalented, like, she can't sing, can't dance, can't act, but they put her in any way because they think she's hot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's, like, right. no, But that's right. also very Mel Brooks subversion. Again, mm-hmm. yes. Very much subversion of expectations. I was just, like, she's going to be terrible. Not because Uma Thurman's terrible, because, like, she's supposed that's to be terrible. You know? See, and, I've never known a version where I thought of, because, again, I always knew she was going to be great. Yeah. So it's very interesting to hear you guys be like, oh, like, I thought it was going to be the stereotype, and, like, Campbell said, again, the subversion of expectations. Yeah. She actually destroys her song 
and it's and just like her spot, oh like even if no she wasn't like hot. you have to put her in because she is but again like that was one of the things where it's just like you realize that you're trying to make this a bad play and yet at every turn you have like hired very talented, talented people talented people like, <laughs> yeah yeah that's an interesting point too again there's a point in the play you know where they're like where did we go right like we we hired a, we hired a weird cast a strange director you know like where do we go right but again there's there's a message in that that of (laughs) we are so unique it's beautiful like yeah when you create such different creative perspectives you can end up with something that's so beautiful unique yeah like again in a world especially now where everything is so stagnant cookie cutter yeah 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 and then i'm glad uh, to hear that mel brooks's style holds up oh yeah yeah and then she gets the part, and then um, <laughs> I almost and I didn't almost call him Ferris or Leo. I almost called him Cooter from Cooter Burger, which is his character on Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and once again, we seamlessly go into a Thirty Rock reference. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, like legitimately, I, I was going to be like, and then Cooter just expresses about like the volcano and stuff. Of like how he oh, feels about her, yeah. and Nathan Lane's like, "That's called an erection." I thought he was gonna say orgasm. He actually kept it more PG thirteen than I had in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I actually like that. Um, or malaria. At the end of her song. <laughs> or at the end of her song, the shots when for she was just like, "Oh yeah, like how did I do?" And they were like, and he was like, "Even though we are sitting." We are giving you a standing ovation. And they both like very conspicuously. I thought they were gonna say life. standing O, mm, not ovation. Like orgasm. Yeah. Um, and I will say this for, again, I feel like I can't sing enough Mel Brooks praises, but like, he is really real about mm-hmm. like, so Blazing Saddles was the first movie ever to like have a fart joke in it. And that fart joke lasted 30, like third, <laughs> like a full minute in Blazing Saddles. Oh or, like, yeah. That, the hissing of Carmen when they mm-hmm. first go to Roger's house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way too long. Oh yeah. Yes. Perfect. But like, the beauty, that's the beauty. Like it was like, it yeah. was like if he had, if it had been like really short it would have been funny if it had been any shorter than he made it it would have been just too long where it would have been awkward but the fact that he like kept going past the awkward phase back into funny was just like okay (laughs) and like i say this all all the time you gotta commit to the bit yes yeah and i feel like that's really camel you might nail the like nail on the head with mel brooks is he knows what he wants and he goes for it there's no holding back because of embarrassment there's no holding back because of social norms there's there's no hesitation in what he wants to do. Yeah. Which is yeah. so beautiful. But he was yeah, like, this said, is why I'm presenting. Jokes, Take it or leave orgasm it. Orgasm jokes. He's here for it. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. Um, so then they're like, okay, now we need $2 million, a million for me, a million for you, and backing. And then um, Leo's like, how much do we put in? And then. <laughs> He was just like, um, absolutely not. And then Max is like having a stroke, which reminds Never me, backtracking. Never your own money in the show! <laughs> but like, backtracking a little bit, a lot of bit, um, it's when they mentioned like a Tony in mm. Keep It Gay. It was like, is he having, he's having a stroke of genius. <laughs> Hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Even just the way he but says anyway. it, amazing. Yeah. And so then they have the plan. They need to get the $2 million backing and... Nathan Lane's like, I'm on it. I I have these ladies to call upon. And we come to the song Along Came Bialy, 
which is, I assume, mm-hmm. a playoff. Along came Dolly. Mm-hmm. You mean along came Polly? Along came Polly. Polly. That was yeah. it, not Dolly. Thank you. Which I also um, assumed that it was a playoff of that. Yeah. And then I, I really liked how this song was kind of like a tango. Because a tango is Boom. like very much like the duet Boom. of dance. Stop, stop. Um, that he is really, but like what he's like dancing with, performing with, is not like these other women. It's like money. Yes. And just like the sheer number of women with their rockers all dressed the same, doing like, and then there's like the three like mentioned actresses, like Love Me, Touch Me, Bite Me, Lick Me, whatever. Lick me, bite the me, other two then, women. Yeah. Um, and then it's the other chorus girls aged up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just so uh, horny. <laughs> I love... And they're doing tap routines with yeah, their walker. I so love that so much. Real. Like, erects and jokes, farts jokes, old people are still horny. Mel Brooks just telling the truth of people. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, fun fact, a real problem at a lot of nursing homes is STDs because, like, it's just a bunch of old people fucking. And they're just yeah. like, I'm too old to get pregnant, so I'm not going to use a condom. And then, yeah. 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 And so... Yeah, he gets, I, I loved that. It was so funny. Um, and he gets the $2 million <laughs> for stooping it with all of Apparently uh, all the old New ladies. York. On New York, which Ula comments about. It's like, yeah, I know what's going on. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see, like, the sign when they're, like, getting ready for the musical. And it's a neo-Nazi musical, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then we come As back to the office. As if it's a true genre of musicals. <laughs> which, I mean, uh, you can frame sound and music however you want. But they would come back to the <laughs> office <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Ula was like, you said to tidy up. Tidy oop. Tidy oop. Um, and she just paints everything white. Yeah. It looks good. It actually it does. does. I like, was and they're like, much I liked it. They were like, where did you have the time for this? And she was like, I skipped lunch. <laughs> so all, again, showing like... Again, Hamilton how... almost reference of foreigners getting shit done. <laughs> I've never seen a Hamilton. Immigrants, not foreigners. Immigrants yeah. getting shit done. Yeah. But it's a, it's a lot um, of Hamilton, but... I mean, and like she's again, just like yeah of course Ula being a powerhouse bitch boss ass bitch yeah and then we see and then I guess like uh, Max leaves so it's then Leo just like doing work and he's just very much like something I do and I've seen our friend Tina Lee do <laughs> that like I'm just like sitting at my desk I just go work 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 <laughs> work 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 that uh, Tina also just narrates what she's doing yes, unprompted here. Um, to everyone's benefit. Yeah. Um, and then we go in, then Ula's starting to, like, flirt with Leo, and then he, like, walks away, and it's my favorite line of the movie. Ula's like, why do you go so far camera right? (laughs) (laughs) I laughed so hard. (laughs) I had to pause the movie. I, I mean, she's, she's a queen, she and honestly though i didn't think about this before we had this conversation but like again showing more awareness more intelligence more like she understands the big picture yeah than any anyone else in the film yeah like she yeah yeah, she's she's not just like the dumb blonde like she's deaf she's there like she understands Mm -hmm. yeah and then and then we um, get into the song that that face. face yes okay okay so how do y'all feel about this song 
again, this is very clearly like a 1950s homage to like old school boy mm -hmm. and girl duets with the tap and like the the give and take kind of chemistry. Yeah. I actually yeah. really liked it. And one of the things I liked so much about it was um, that again, this being an adaptation of like a Broadway like musical and everything. Um, and the fact that they're you know, producing a Broadway musical is very much about that sort of show business and like era and everything. I like the fact that there's like real dancing in the piece. Like it's not, oh, yeah. it's not just a little like kind of like half dancing you do like when you're singing something. Like they're doing like an actual musical dance number. Yes. And I, I love that. Um, and I love, I love the entire song, the entire scene. Like you're, like you're right. Willis dress does knock it out of the park. It is beautiful oh. it is amazing Girl, i wish i looked good as good in any <laughs> outfit as she looks in that dress i mean yes. it's stunning contrast to the all white really, set now and again going back to like mel brooks's lyricism mm -hmm. um i think like for like a musical like obviously it's not the best but for like a comedy like what this is mm -hmm. it like still goes in with theme of everything but like some of the just like the rhyming in it um and it's very I was going to say Ferris Bueller, but I mean Ferris Bueller this time. Uh, like in the movie when he's like talking to the audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where he's breaking like the fourth wall. Like that he wall. does. Breaking the fourth wall, very like office-like, talking to the camera. Saying like things urge to merge, need to breed, test our testosterone. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I really liked that. <laughs> and I love that it's they... Leo delivering those lines. Because we he has oh, yeah. been established as this like pure as the Driven Snow character. Of, like, you do genuinely understand, like, this... He wouldn't be a character who would just, like, make a move or... Like, you understand no. his trepidation with her. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, business is business. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to cross any lines or do anything. But then he definitely, like, you know, lets his guard down. Mm -hmm. Like, allows himself to be in that situation. Um, yeah. And then they have, like, the dancing behind the couch. Which, mm -hmm. at first, I thought they were, like, you know fucking yeah um yeah but was then we find out later on that like they, uh, they haven't they, they didn't haven't. they just like make out because that's how leo rolls yeah but it's very that like choreography is very synchronized swimming yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i loved it and then that random elderly <laughs> random woman <old> pops <laughs> up and they're like what's going on let's go with it and they all the three of them go back down yeah and I, again i gotta you know i gotta point out to to, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm making connections in my brain, but I just want to make sure that they're heard. Of like, we've talked so much about Ula being this like powerhouse of her making her own choices, and like Campbell pointed out, like she's not ever the aggressor in this song. It's yeah. very much just like she's just like saying what she wants and like letting Leo do what he will with that information. But I love the fact that again, like we've seen Max be the misogynist producer, like we've seen that. So it's really nice that they show. Like, so much of the media portrays, like, we want the bad boy. We want this, like, problematic person. Like, Ula is, again, intelligent, as they've shown us a bazillion times. And she is attracted to the man who is not going to hurt her. Like, she's attracted yeah. to the man who is respectful of her. And I'm yeah. so here for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, in the end, uh, Leo throws away his blanket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He doesn't need it anymore. Yeah. Mm, he does I later on. But nice we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get to the uh, Hitler auditions, uh, <laughs> which they're they're like Jacques Lapite, Jacques Lapite, 
Jack Lapidus. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Fucking queens, and I love them. I mean, yeah. They just, and then they like just the destroy. the other one, um, the other I forget the actor's name that they call upon, um, but it's like doing the little wooden boy dance. I was mm-hmm. like, what? What? What, is, what is that? I. What is this? And then we have Haben Su Gerd das Deutschband, which yeah. is a uh, nope. horrible pronunciation how, of everything. Not that's not how you pronounce it. It's Haben yeah. Have you ever heard the German band? Haben Sie yeah. gehört das Deutsche Band. There that's you how go. you say that. that Thank right. you, David. Uh, I constantly talk about how I can't pronunciate anything. So pronounce. Thank you. And again, I think it's a very clever yes. plot device to be like, we were legit holding Damn auditions, <laughs> and. Will Ferrell's character just goes insane because someone's not singing a German song correctly. <laughs> like, yeah, because like the the, the German song originally, uh, German song in quotes, um, is very like wimpy and it's very like, if you remember, the I don't it's not necessarily like Looney Tunes, but I think it's like the melodies whatever that cartoon is and it's like the owl that's like I love to sing a. About the moon and the sun. Yes. I love to sing. Mm -hmm. But like whenever his family's around, when he's singing, it's very like whiny and nasally. And that's like the comparison of the charisma between the original Hitler and Will Ferrell Hitler. Which is a very funny, fun sentence to say. It was legitimately a better performance. Oh yeah. He added the pizzazz to Adolf. And that draws attention to the fact that again, like I'm sure this is not what Mel Brooks is like, his main message is, but like, Hitler got where he was because he was charismatic. Like, I mean, like, yeah. dictators gotta be yeah. to, like, to be successful. And, and like, actually... which, which, slight side note, which really makes me mad when people are like, what, I don't know, Hitler got, get spring up, and someone's like, he was a good, like, um, he was really good at giving speeches orator. and talking to, like, pe- orator. Yeah. And I was like, why, like, why do you have to, like, justify Hitler? What, yeah. are, you, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to prove? <laughs> Yeah, Why do you have to be motive? devil's advocate? Yeah. I hate devil's advocates. You don't care about the issues. You're just a dick. Yeah, like, yeah, like, Hitler was a great politician. Obviously, he had to be to get there, but, like, that's not the point. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why, Why are you trying to praise him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Questionable, individual white boy. <laughs> so. It's always the, the person who's just like, I want you to see how well-rounded I can think. That I can yeah. think on the side of horrific evil. And you're like, oh, oh I don't want you to be that open-minded. That's okay. You can close your mind to that to that aspect. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Do you know what is funny, though? When they go to the pianist, the woman, and she also has a Hitler stash. <laughs> yeah, I did love that little, yeah. <laughs> that was legitimately funny. <laughs> there was no need for her to. I but they were like... When Will Ferrell was first starting his performance, and he immediately starts giving like all these like musical instructions, and it's just like oh, this dude is about to get it. Like, he knows what's happening. Like, he knows what to do. Yeah. He's practiced with them birds, yo. Yeah. He's he's lived with an audience his whole life. Yeah. So, he's hired, and then we get... So, I mean, we get to opening night of the musical. It's bad luck to Hitler say good luck on opening night. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, don't say good luck. Uh, he, uh, Leo's not allowed to wear the hat yet because he's not a producer. Um... And yeah, you never say good luck on opening night. Um, and then, you know, Max intentionally says good night to everyone, uh, good luck to everyone, puts a ladder 
mm-hmm. in front of the door. So everyone walks onto it. He punches a mirror. He takes a black cat and like swings it around, <laughs> which I thought was so funny. So funnily enough, that the cat was also voiced by Mel Brooks, which I didn't yes. realize until I was like Tom the cat. I was looking at the stuff on Mel Brooks and it was like, oh yeah, the producers he voiced um, Hilda the pigeon and then the Tom the cat. And I was like, it's like where and is the some cat? German and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, and he just, like, flings it around. That's that's funny. Yes. That was so hilarious. I think the most comedic sound effect is, like, throwing something, and then you hear, like, <laughs> oh, broken red. glass, and then the, the cat's like, <laughs> Yeah. I, it's one of my favorite I think tropes. it's, the, and me, like, it's also my dad as well. We think it's the funniest <laughs> bit. I will always laugh at that. Especially when, like, there's no reason for a cat to be there. Like, it's so it's funny. Just there. It's just so funny. I, I mean, like, honestly, I think that, again, that speaks to, to Mel Brooks's, like, universal humor. Whereas, again, he's making a movie where, like, no one is going to be on the side of, like, Hitler. Like, no one is going to be on the side of Will Ferrell's yeah. character. Like, we're all united in this, like, what is correct about this story and yeah. what is not. Yeah. Um, but I, I love then, that. I love that it's... Max is doing all of this to give him, like, bad luck so that the show will bomb. But it's, like, mm-hmm. he actually ends up giving himself bad luck because the show ends up being a hit. Yeah. 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 And then we see, um, they're like, you say break a leg instead. And then Will Ferrell's character, Franz, breaks his leg. I broke so my they're leg. like, what are we going to do? And then Rogers, like, has the comb to his lips and looks like a Hitler stash. And they're like, we know you know all the lines. You'll do it. And he's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And Carmen slaps him across the face to, like, wake him up. And again, he says, that hurt. It was like, that doesn't work. That's not a That's real not a thing. thing. Yeah. Um, and then we start the show. And we go into, this is what is my favorite song in the entire movie. It's because a it I mean, there's no dying. Oh, terrible. John John Barrowman, yes. who's like the lead tenor stormtrooper, Captain who Jack! I know, who I know you love. I do. I literally wrote down like when it got to that scene, I was like, "Of course, John Barrowman is in this. Like, of course he is, and I I love it. But, I need like, it." Band of the Opera, Matador, and then why Raven loves him, Captain Jack Harkness yes. from Just Doctor Who. Truly amazing. I love him deeply in my soul. He did and you can such see a good him, job. Like, ham it up. And they too, made like, him the rest of it is so just reactions Aryan. to Dupree when he's Hitler. Like yeah. he does a bunch of stuff to him, and you just see him totally just like hamming it up, and I love it. I love yeah. it. But also, okay, so I wrote down two lines from this song that I literally, when after they sang them, I was staring like slack jawed at the screen. <laughs> so, I can't wait. Two. Two, two lines that make this song both amazing and horrible. Yeah. Um, watch out. So keep in mind, this is uh, for the audience uh, or anyone who might choose to listen to this. Keep in mind that this song, like, we Austria. are now in the play. And my mom. Oh, <laughs> uh, We are now in the play. So this is now, like, Nazi Germany that is, like, singing this song. So two yeah. lines. Watch out, Europe. We're going on tour. And then <laughs> springtime for Hitler in Germany winter for poland and france and i, I literally wrote down holy fuck <laughs> oh my god and, and, and then it's and then it's a cool like tap feature yeah and then okay something i have a problem with though everyone's so horrified in the audience 
The musical is literally called Springtime for, for Hitler. Hitler. Like, what did you expect? Mm. It's not like you you should be surprised about. I'm guessing they it says that neo Nazi musical drama. But you shouldn't be surprised that there's by a song it. called Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> I mean, that's it. yeah, yeah. But um, but then like everyone I mean, starts a, leaving. That, maybe that's a co- veiled comment on the intelligence of audiences. Like I don't know. That's true. That's true. They're um, like, oh, this is like the new thing. We have to go to it without like actually knowing. What I mean, it's about. they do yeah. it for Funny Boy too at the very beginning. Like it seems like they just have a full house. Like people just have like lifetime tickets, I guess, and just go to every show. That was the thing like, I was confused about. Like, like, is, is you just have like you remember and you just go to every show if you're an old person and that's what yeah. Your life it is. was like who that's is buying tickets to see a play <laughs> called Springtime for Hitler? Like I just, I was just like is in 19 like 50. Right after only a few World years after World War Two. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just like, is, do really this many people go to this show? Like, actually? Yeah. Well, I everyone's mean, super racist the only, the so. That's what they're counting <laughs> on, is that it, what Max says at some point, he goes, we want this to close on page four of the script. <laughs> like, we want everyone to be gone by page four. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, yeah. yeah and so it's then, like, and then we get, we get Uma doing more, like, Victoria's Secret, sh- like, showgirl stuff. Mm-hmm. For, like, the SS eagle (laughs) yeah and then we get to the song heil myself so we have roger debris as hitler and it's very stoic doing like the nazi salute and then it goes to which i think is so funny and there's a lot of memes about it then he goes to nazi salute limp wrist Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's so funny like the memes like on twitter and stuff and there's like is he like you know and there's like some meme of spongebob that has like the limp wrist. <laughs> I think it's so funny always with the amount of just like out of context pictures of someone bending their wrist <laughs> that they will use in commentary. Yeah. Also, like a side note, I don't know if I forget if we mentioned this or not, but like when they decided to give Robert the role when Will Ferrell's character broke his leg, when Carmen gives him the pep top, she's like, he's going to be like, passing this straight. Like, oh, actor or whatever. Thank you for bringing that up. I wrote that down, but I love that. <laughs> I, I just love that so much. But mm-hmm. I, I love how at the end of the... And that's the first the... thing you see him at is that limp wrist, pink yeah. lighting. But, like... but I love that how he goes the entire the entire number, just like hamming it up, super flamboyant, super like every gay stereotype that there is. I mean, and literally, then, RuPaul very... would give that like a 10 out of 10. Like, yes. Oh, yeah. And then he gets to the like, end. Like, congratulations, you're the winner of this week's challenge. <laughs> and then he gets to the end and kisses Ula. And it's just like, mm-hmm. bro, we you all know. You ain't fooling no one, like, son. You ain't fooling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone, so everyone's like leaving and stuff, but as soon as they're like, it's not like glorifying Hitler, which mm-hmm. they thought originally just it was you know, out, yeah. very subversive of just like making fun of him. Yeah. And people are like, I'm here for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roger Debris did such a good job as Hitler. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. Yeah. And I love that. I love that Max and Leo actually leave right before that part. Because they leave when, like, the first two people, like, stand up and start leaving. It's so, like, they never yeah, actually like, see like, any job, of that. Job, job done. Horribly done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they say something like, we should leave before they start, they start stoning, Very stoning us. Very mission accomplished vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're um, getting ready to pack up their money and go to Rio. Like, they're fucking... This, that was the plan, and they accomplished it. I just, but so, I yeah, but the like, audience were like, again, this is great. One of my, maybe my second favorite scene in the whole movie, which is the climax of, they get back to the office, and you see, congratulations. Congratulations. 
the newspapers are saying it's going to run for years. It's a smash hit. Like, and they're just desolate. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like, and like, I did really like the scene when they had like the, just from like a, you know, stage production kind of standpoint, mm-hmm. when they were like marching in the swastika formation. Oh, but yeah. But they had like the mirror on stage so the audience could see that's a swastika. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very well done. I also loved um, during the Robert Debris got his job during yeah. the goose step part of the uh, of the number where like the the actors were all doing the goose step and then they like yeah. went into the little like um, oh like they hold like, hands and they do the little yeah they, stuff. they hold hands they do the little shimmy it's like very can can means anti-Semiticism yes. <laughs> And, and I love that little like drop. For. Yeah, I love that little like <laughs> yeah. drop of for. not like nonsensicalness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they get back to the office. They're like, it was a hit. They're freaking out. Um, Leo again, tries to take the books. Me, as a kid, I didn't understand like what I didn't really understand the financial plot behind it. But it's like they he got so many backers that they overshared their play yeah it's like he yeah. sold like a thousand percent of the play versus like which they do later a hundred percent share yeah and jail yeah <laughs> so yes. that, that, that's a callback <laughs> yeah and then roger and carmen come in they're like we did we have champagne and they're like why are you freaking out slash humping each other on the floor and they're like we should be celebrating and then like the most chaotic scene it's oh very gosh. will ferrell mm-hmm. they comes in crutch cast shooting <laughs> causing a scene and you like roger carmen's like of... let's get back in the closet yeah that's yeah. a great line i love that one yeah quick darling back in the closet <laughs> i also yeah. when they when he chased them like outside and like they like ran back in like we're hiding everything i was mentally playing the benny hill theme song in my head <laughs> 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 it's like, so perfect yeah. that sort of like physical like slapstick comedy like chasing each other around and stuff like that yeah yeah and then it's so funny that like will ferrell's like i'll show you how to take care of someone he just like kills himself tries to kill himself uh, seemingly yeah. out of bullets and then he's like oh it's not they take the gun there's still bullets in there i don't know what happened there but then nathan lane's like i have an idea why don't you here's some money buy some bullets shoot all the actors <laughs> <laughs> oh but I think that was so important. Well, A, just to the continuation of character, I think that's consistent with what we know of Max. Because, again, like, you fall in love with these characters and you're kind of rooting for them. Like, you, when they are desolate, you're kind of desolate. Like, like yeah. oh, fuck, you know, they'll just work for whatever. Um, but, and I think this is where the, there's a differentiation of, like, what the stage does and what the original film does. Because I don't think Leo taking the money after Max is arrested and going to Rio with... Ula, I don't think that's in the original. Like, I think that's something oh. that Mel Brooks changed. Oh, okay. I think in the original film, Mel they Brooks both changed get arrested. From Mel Brooks. And they both just, yeah, because he can do that. <laughs> um, I think they both get arrested and they just, like, have the trial. Like, they just defend oh, themselves okay. at the trial together. But I, I, I honestly love that Ula, again, Ula in this place of power is the one who says, you know what you could do? Take that $2 million and take me to Rio and escape jail. Yeah, yeah. Because she, like, knows the situation. Like, so there was, like, that t- stereotypical Irish cops. It was like, yeah, we found two books. One for the IRS. Show two, to the IRS. not Never for the IRS. The IRS. Yeah, don't, don't show, show that. to the IRS. Yeah. And then, like, you know, arrest him. And he does, like, a horrible Irish accent. 
to try to like get off. <laughs> and then Ulo's like, oh, what happened? It was like, oh, the police were here. And Ulo's like, oh, so they found the. <laughs> the never the shows books. the IRS book. Because <laughs> <laughs> she tidy ooped. Yeah. She knows what she tidy ooped. She, she knows about. what she's doing. I also, yeah. I loved when she was like, oh, yeah, like you could take the money and take me to Rio and leave him in jail. And he was just like, hmm. Rio or jail? And her face was just like, is this really a decision you have to make? <laughs> yeah. And then they go to Rio, and then we get to the song, You'll Find hap- Your Happiness in Rio. Having a great time. Oh, yeah. I do think it's interesting, because Leo does take, in this moment, Max's dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we get to a wonderful song. Honestly, this was one of my top contenders for favorite song. Again, because you can ham it up so much. Nathan Lane obviously does. Yes. But it's a synopsis of the whole the entire like movie. I, you get a, you get a, Oh, Campbell's got a refill. Ooh. Oh, okay. I got it. Give me a second. Okay. Okay. So we get to the song Betrayed. And oh. at first I was like, he was in uh. prison. He's like, I feel so betrayed. Dude, it's your fault. You <laughs> yes. were scamming this dude. <laughs> yes. I have no sympathy for but you. But this entire scam and- was your idea, so... I thought it was a cool use of the jail cell for dancing and like cinematically the different oh, yeah. lighting, but like the purple was very much like, like I am wronged. Mm-hmm. And then he's like more hopeful, sympathetic with the orange lighting. Oh, like the production of Whitney, it I was, impressed you? I literally wrote, the production? When, did, when did he was, <laughs> when did he turn Southern? When was this? Oh, I love oh, that. Yeah. Leo's and then like him as his me. mom. Even my past. past. <laughs> I, I yeah, loved it. That's not my life. Somebody else's life is flashing before my ear, Which eyes. I, during that, what the hell's up with that? When he was he's describing like, it, when he was that? like, "Oh, I see like the farm. I see like all of this." Did anyone else get like um, of mice and men Lenny vibes? Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. That's amazing. I, I see that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I loved the use of like colors with like the change of his mood. Like every time yeah. his mood changed or like the tone of his lyrics changed, the color changed in the background. And then when they had like the the lights going down like each of the um like the I guess bars of the gel cell or whatever, um, in the background when he was like finishing up like doing the grand finale or whatever, I loved that. Like they did like a whole Broadway oh stage production in a gel yeah, cell. And- Queen loves a final word send-off to the song where the final word is just betrayed, boom! And, like, all the no, instruments yeah. hit, yeah. and you're yes. like, yes! I love yeah. it. And then, like, we mentioned this line before, and he was like, where do we go right? Which, you know, completely mm-hmm. opposite. Like, where did we go wrong? Um, and I thought this... One, I really liked his impression of Leo. Yes. <laughs> and it was just like, watching the song is of just a very good, skewed summary of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it shows you a narcissistic bias. Where, again, because the whole movie is like, you're rooting for these guys. Like, there are protagonists. There's our, there are quote-unquote heroes. And then you see Max's perspective, like you said, Raven, where it's like, it's skewed because, like, you, you did this. Like, yeah. <laughs> you perpetrated the scheme. And yet you're singing about betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, I, I think another, that entire another, scene was great. You know, subverted expectation. You gotta love it. Yeah. yeah. And then we get to the trial. Yep. Yeah. And then we have the judge, uh, David Hulston, who's been in everything. Yeah, everything. And then the jury foreman, Richard Kind, who has also been in everything. Mm-hmm. And he um, was, um, I, he played Max 
during one of the Broadway productions. Yeah. I can and see I that. And I really okay. like... I just loved him in Scrubs yeah, as the that, hypochondriac. I immediately want... Like, that, that is like... He's he been in a ton of things, role. but whenever I see his face, I immediately think of Scrubs. So we're at the trial. That's um, And then the both the like the jury and the elderly women when <laughs> um, Leo and Ula like comes in and there's like the samba music and they're all just like dancing and mm-hmm. stuff cracked me up. Yeah, it was a really big fun of it. It's Who like every you? scene in Spaceballs. Loved it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to and then we find out like he uh, that they got married because he wanted to save himself for marriage. His marriage. Yes. And the judge's like, what's wrong with you? It's like, why did you say that? It worked out for him. You're fine. He's fine. <laughs> the thing I found interesting was that they pronounced the verdict and then started giving the defense, which is just like, this is not how this works in real life, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the song, Till Him, which uh-huh. the first note for a while, all I wrote, wrote was, aw. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, Till Him, like, to me, like, because this is another one of those, like, very like rom-com moments between Matthew Broderick and Nathan right. Lane but I love it. and to me like this is the song and and Nathan Lane or Max I guess like actually comments on it as sort of like I guess the end or halfway through um the song where it's just like this is the song like you realize oh shit Matthew Broderick can sing like he could sing oh but and he they can like sing. literally say that like yeah. Nathan Lane's like never realized you're a good singer. And he's like, oh, thanks. He's like, no, like a professional. Yeah. You're a good singer. <laughs> You're a good singer. Because this is the one where it's like, obviously, like Matthew Broderick's like, played Simba, played like all this stuff, like been singing this entire movie. He can sing. But this song was just like, oh no, like you can actually use like techniques and hit pitches and use vibrato and do all this stuff. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I see you. I loved in this song with like the backing to nathan lane like the elderly the, women like chorus what was that sound that they were it's, making it, no, no, it's, it's very okay this is what it is and i wanted to bring it up before i, I literally with roger debris in his like uh, anastasia uh outfit it was very like white diamond steven universe mm-hmm. and i thought that like that chorus was very blue and yellow pearls and like what's the use of feeling blue steven universe song i can see that <laughs> So They're many like, references. Ah, if y'all ah. don't know Steven Universe, that you're not gonna understand at all. Oh yeah, I don't give. I don't care. But look, honestly it's, though, if you don't, we know just like Raven and I just like talking to each other. Watch it, so fuck it. Honestly though, do you like, wanna, if you were listening when to we talk about that movie, do you want to come on again, Kira? Oh fuck yeah! I was talking about Steven Universe all the fucking day. I um, love Steven Universe. But what Steven I was gonna Universe. say about um, Till Him is that again, I don't think it's a song that I'm not sure if it existed. I'm not sure how long that song existed. Yeah, but. Again, perfect ending where the first song is "We Can Do It." It's like a full, it's a full circle yeah. to till him. We did it. We we did it, <laughs> I love and that. we both grew as people because of the other person. Yes, I love that Nathan Lane had his own part in the song too. Because at first, like I thought it was going to end after Matthew Broderick's part, and it's like, oh yeah, like it's very obvious that Matthew Broderick kind of like came into his own and came out of his shell and became this fuller person because of everything that happened with Nathan Lane. Um, but no, it's like. Like, Max is just like, no, like, you actually changed me as well. Like, I gained a real friend for, honestly, the first time in my life. Which also then, like, going back to the song Betrayed, despite the fact that he was the perpetrator of all this, it kind of does make sense that he felt that way. Because, like, you were the first real friend I ever considered that I had. And you he, I thought took you the money were not and, show and ran. Like, I thought, yeah. I thought you weren't like this life that has fucked me in the ass. Yeah. 
like taking my pearls, taking my belts, like whatever. Yeah, you and um, your cardboard belt. Yeah. But we got to talk um, about the part in the song where Nathan Lane just tries to escape. <laughs> I was literally about to say that. And he's just like, it's like, it's in point of the song when someone would leave and he just like walks out and then he comes back like gun to his back by the um, Baylor. Uh, regards Baylor. Yeah. And it's just like, you can't leave. You're on trial. Yeah. <laughs> I so loved funny. that so much. I was just like, is someone, someone going to stop him? We like, stand. <laughs> and then we, like, he's like, yeah, you guys will be together for five years in prison. So they're at the Sing Song prison, which, like, the sing, whole time sing. it's very, sing, sing. like, uh, no one can see the dancing I'm doing, but do you feel this <laughs> is, vibe, Raven is and Kira? Is that what we would call dancing? Is that what That's that is? That's rude. But you know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, whatever. So, and then they're just scamming there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That they're like, oh, yeah, you own 100% uh, head of the jail. You own 45%. We're up to 600%. They're just scamming people even more. Oh, they're, yeah. they're doing the same thing. They're not learning anything. They have learned nothing. Right. But, Again, we but come back But because to that, like, they have, Mel through the power of song and dance, they're free. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, there they're is- like, they're, they're free from the power of song and dance. Yeah. And I love that, again, that, like, you do get, like, Mel Brooks does put in character growth. Like, that's, that's not yeah. a contest. He puts in character growth. But there's not, like, this overarching moral of, like, this is right, this is wrong. Yeah. Like, he lets them have, quote, unquote, wrong behavior the full length of the film. I mean, like. Yeah. And you still root for them. <laughs> also, when they're performing, what is it, what's it called? Oh, Prisoners so of rubbing. Love, I think. <laughs> Um, yeah. when, when they're Prisoners performing that, when they're performing it in the prison and uh, they're doing like the little like song and dance like all that stuff um, at one point Max says okay just the murderers which like I loved because <laughs> so, it's very common like if you're doing like a choir piece or something like that you see like just the sopranos or just the t- yeah like, just the tenors just, just the murderers <laughs> right <laughs> just the rapists oh. um, yeah. let them let them hear you in solitary or whatever he says yeah I really like the ending of this film. I mean, I don't know how else. I really don't know what other ending I would have accepted in a way. Like, yeah, I would have hated if like Max went to jail and Leo stayed in Rio. I would have hated that. Like, I would have hated them being in like sad prison together. Like, and Ula, oh, yeah. like maybe enjoying all the riches. I don't, I'm not sure how else it could have ended in a way that would have satisfied me. Because then they get yeah. out of prison because of, like, good behavior and for, and for bringing song and dance into the hearts of murderers and thugs and Sing Sing or something. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, that's not a thing you get pardoned for. Exactly. And it just plays into, again, the, the farsity of the whole film. And it, it oh, yeah. stays in consistency with that. And then, Accuracy again, is get not the, the core of the film. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get the full picture of, you know, it shows... I love all the, like, fake plays that they have produced that shows you that are hits. Like yeah. at the end, I love oh, how a lot I, of them and are I wrote parodies. down all of them and like what show they're like parodying. Oh great! Okay, so getting they're back, they're in Sing Sing. They get pardoned for bringing joy into the lives. So they're we now we're at many, many plays. Campbell's we're at Prisoners of Love on Broadway, and we <laughs> see like the prisoners in chains in the audience, and hilarious. And then they were like saying, "There's got no show without the producers," and I was like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Said the title, even though they've said it many times before. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not subtle, <laughs> not meaning to be subtle. And then not we get all. into there's nothing like a show on Broadway, and like one of the two credit songs 
which is basically like Leo's like, it's the most magical place. Yeah. Which okay. I really like because it's like this entire movie is like his dream is to like do this. And so like I, I, I do kind of like like that he finally, despite the fact that it was all like a scam and like he ended up going to jail and like all that stuff, he does, you know, he does kind of get to live his dream, you know? Yeah, they, they both do. Ooh. Too yeah. much wrong? They both do. Too much. I'm basically taking shots for Kira. Um, I love you. I'd rather, I'd take a bullet for Kira. <laughs> I think a raven. Don't edit this bon out. Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, Leo's very positive, and Max, like, is like, this sucks. The music sucks. Like, you're, like, wedged between two, like, fat guys. Like, Broadway just sucks, but you keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get to, like, their future. Like, he, like, Leo finally puts the producer hat on, and we see, like, the shows they produce. So we have 47... 47- Street, which is supposed to be 42nd Street. High Button Jews, which is supposed to be High Button Shoes. A streetcar named Murray, which was yep. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, hold on, moment of silence with how funny that was. Pour one out. Pour one out for, <laughs> for, for the homies. Uh, and then there was like South Passaic, which is supposed to be South Pacific. Mm-hmm. And there was like Mame, like M A I M, and supposed to be like Mame, ma'am, like M A M E, cats with a K, and then the funniest one, death of a salesman, on ice. <laughs> yes, it's just death of a salesman. All Is that the one Daniel Radcliffe was in? Hits. Um, yes. Um, Brendan Urie was in Kinky Boots, though. Yeah. Shout out to Brendan Urie if you're listening. We love you. <laughs> yeah. I, oh yes. Brendan Urie, I love you. I love you. Um, so then we get to like the credits, and they have like. Like, different songs. They have, like, a slow 90s version of uh, They Guten Tag Hop Clop, mm-hmm. which was, like, very, like, Titanic. Mm-hmm. It was so funny. Will Ferrell just, like, slow jams that racist song. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we done. And then, and that's, and that's then they have the song, like, they're, like, goodbye a bunch of different scenes that are like get out of the theater we're done yeah. and the final line is from um mel brooks and he was like get out it's over yeah very ferris bueller <laughs> which i love yeah all right guys oh, yes. i'm ready for the serenade real quick um so we've talked a ton about mel brooks but i do want to say the orchestrator oh, yeah. of the film at least was yeah. um basil Polidorus who I have no idea if I pronounced that correctly. I probably did not. Um, he's done a lot of shit. But one of the things I do <laughs> want to say, he did the music for the 96 Olympic Games, which I was just what? like... Go off, that, fam! Yeah, okay. yeah, like, yeah, like he does like films and TV and all stuff. And then also the Olympics. And it was just like, okay, I shit, love that he threw his hat it. in that ring. Literally. <laughs> but like... <laughs> all right. But yeah, so obviously this film was done by talented people, yes. so... I can't wait to see it redone in another 10 years because that's how oh, it yeah. works now. Apparently that's how Mel Brooks just rolls. Yeah. Okay, so now uh, Raven and I will serenade Kira with an uh, arrangement on violin and clarinet of Keep It Gay. When we come back, we will talk about how we did. <laughs> Poorly is how we did. Poorly, we'll, yeah, we'll exactly. I'll think of some good words. Okay, let's stop. 
Because <laughs> it's a tempo okay. change. Okay. I feel like that wasn't bad. It was. I feel like we were actually. Oh, okay. It was. I missed a lot of notes. I like had to slow down oh, because the audio is different. Not bad for me. <laughs> no, no. I had to slow down to keep up with you. I had to like. Oof. Following your shade. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so we're starting at what's that measure? Nine. Six, seven, eight, nine. Yes, nice. Um, and so I'll go tempo. one, two, the tempo three. Picks up considerably so. Yes. So I'll go one, two, three, one, two. Ba da da da. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, one, two. Oh, that's not the wrong note. Wait, let's start over. Oh, wait, that wasn't the wrong note. No, it wasn't. Just keep going. <laughs> it was not. Kira's on a schedule. Keep going. No, Her life is more important. I'm sorry. Okay, so. I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry. Let's, let's start back. Let's start back. Quick sidebar. Sorry, Kira. Oh, my God. But, like, oh God. <laughs> very, like, obvious difference between band and strings. If you mess up while you're going through things, you keep going. On strings, you're like, stop it. Let's go back to the beginning. Okay, so like, if this were a performance, like then a you would already do it right. None of this would be relevant. No, because I have messed up in a concert before, and I you believe do it. keep going. I have messed up in a performance before, and you do keep going. But like, because we have the, technically we don't have the option because Kira is on a tight schedule. <gasps> but because I have the option to restart, I would like us to restart. Sounds okay, like we're even the last restart. Life you get. You get. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, Kira. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's go all the way through. We can do Woo! it. I believe this. Okay. One, two, three, one, two. <laughs> so that was real bad. So you know like, how we talked about the whole time how Mel Brooks is like makes films to just be like happy, pure joy. That ain't it, yep. son. <laughs> I cannot describe the audience, so you obviously have not heard the audio, but I truly cannot express to you how bad that was. <laughs> it is maybe the worst I've ever played in my life. To be fair, I think you guys are at think... least three or four drinks in. Campbell's like six drinks We're in. five drinks in. Yeah. We're five drinks what? in because we both chugged our last drink. So, and I appreciate um, you. <laughs> I think by the fourth measure in... I was missing at least one note per measure. At least <laughs> one note per measure. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is not, uh, for anyone who is not musically inclined, that is not the rate that you uh, are aiming for. So, yeah. <laughs> so, final conclusion to the podcast. Let's go. Uh, Raven, how do you feel about this musical? I really, really liked it. In the first, like, five minutes, I was like, oh, this is one of those movies that's like, it's so bad, it's good. Mm -hmm. But then as I got into it, I was just like, oh, no, this is just good. But you do have to be okay with offensive humor. Um, otherwise, it's just horrible and offending. But I absolutely love it, like I love most other Mel Brooks things. So, Campbell? Uh... I thought it was hilarious because, like, I mean, I grew up on, like, Robin Hood men in tights, mm -hmm. space yes. balls. I'm used to the humor, but, like, combining it with, like, the musical, I'm a fan. And Ferris Bueller yes. and Uma Thurman, like, Matthew Broderick and Uma Thurman. There's nothing I can't dislike. I love that. Yeah. I'm so happy because, like I said, I, w I really was unsure about what a new perspective would be 
would bring for this with this movie. Um, but like I said, it was a huge part. Of my, a huge part of what I like is quotable shit, and like every single line I feel like in this movie oh, absolutely. is quotable and relatable and quick witted and funny, and that's my shit. So I'm so glad it's you the guys Step enjoyed Brothers it. of musicals. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Kira, uh, we love you. Love uh, you. Me yes. more than Raven, because, like, you don't know her. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, thank you for coming on this week's episode. Um, yeah. We're definitely going to have you on again, because you're a wonderful person, and I love you more than life itself. But if, and I'm charismatic uh, you, as fuck. Hell yeah. Do you have anything <laughs> to promote? Kira? I don't. I have nothing. Any causes? Uh, I would, things I would in life? my life motto, which is say what you want so you get what you want because I think that blunt Ooh, communication yes. is severely underrated um, and that you can't expect people to read your mind, read your feelings. Just say what you want so you get what you want. Uh, Kira, that's how I live my life. By you. you um, thank you for coming on this episode. Uh, we love you, uh, listeners. Um, you can listen to us on anywhere podcasts are found. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this week. Hope you listen to next episode. So, thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.